This morning, as I prepare the foundation for this series, I want us to really journey in this, and I want you to really begin to begin to journey with me as I paint a picture of things that happened thousands of years ago, and then bring this whole link into how it all works with us today in everyday living here as Christians living in this city in a time such as this. Now, the book of Ephesians, uh, now, the Ephesus was one of the most important cities in Western Asia Minor. That city is now Turkey. It was a commercial center, and the church in Ephesus was growing and maturing at a very fast rate. It was a thriving church. And unlike Paul's other writings, the, the letter that he wrote to the, to the believers in, in Ephesians is what forms the book of Ephesians. And in this letter, Paul writes to encourage the church, to build them up, to direct them, to help them to believe in themselves and believe in the purpose that God has ordained the church to be. The letter to Ephesians reveals to us the great mystery of the church, which is the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ, the Bible teaches us, and Christ is our head, and he has given us his righteousness to his body. And so God gives us his righteousness, and he makes us good enough for himself by what he has done on the cross. Now, Paul wrote the book of Ephesians, and I'm going to read. I'm going to read from the book of Ephesians, and uh, let's just, all of us, if you have your Bibles, whatever form they're in, turn to the book of Ephesians chapter 1. And it begins here with a greeting. It says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God to the saints who are in Ephesus and faithful in Christ, grace to you and peace from God and Father, sorry, and peace from God our Father to the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as his sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he has made us acceptable in the beloved. This is so much that Paul packs in here in his letter to the Ephesus. And this is just the introduction. And he is painting this picture of the relationship and everything that Jesus has done for you and I as believers. And he's writing to a church in a city very similar to a city like us. It was a commercial center. It was a commercial capital of the then known world. And it was a port. And so people came and went. And so there were people from different backgrounds, different faiths, different experiences that had come to know Jesus Christ. They had begun to follow him. And they were all seated in this church in Ephesus. And Paul is writing this letter to them from prison in Rome, which was hundreds of miles away from Turkey, what we know as Turkey today. And he is writing to them and he wants to let them know and remind them of how amazing they are. But more importantly, how amazing God is to them. 
and what he has done for them. And he wants to encourage them and spark them on to be motivated and encouraged to live their lives well and to live their lives fulfilled. And so we see right up front, he puts before the church the message of redemption. He reminds them that it was God's great plan to bring them all together from different ethnic backgrounds, from different faith backgrounds, from different understandings of life and experiences. Just like I look across the room right now, there are people from Goa, there are people from South India, there are people from Kerala, there are people from uh, Punjab, there are people from, I don't know where else, there are people from Maharashtra, there are people from different parts of India that we've all come together. And there's something wonderful about us coming together. It's not that because we are friends that we are united. It's not because, oh, I know this one, she knows that one, that we're here together. You're not here because the coffee is that great. You're here because of something much more unique, something much more personal, much more intimate. You're here because you, at some point in your life, experienced Jesus for yourself. You understood that God loved you. You understood you had a revelation of what it meant to be loved by God unconditionally. And you understood that God had paid a price for you. Somebody somewhere gave you that wonderful message that Paul reminds the church of Ephesus about and says, don't forget, you have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. And he says, into the story of redemption, you have been brought together. And we see here, not just the Jews in Ephesus that had come to know Jesus Christ, that were now followers of Jesus Christ, but people from different faiths and ethnic backgrounds, they were considered to be the Gentiles. Remember that they all came together and they were united under the banner of who Jesus is and our relationship with him. And so Paul is speaking into this, so a Jew and a non-Jew is united to Jesus and becomes part of the covenant family of God. One of the wonderful things for us is, as followers of Jesus Christ, you know, we all have family experiences. We all have families perhaps that we love and sometimes we have families that we've had difficult experiences with. But when it comes to it, when you come into a relationship with Jesus Christ, when you decide to follow Jesus, forsaking all others. You choose to follow him. The Bible says you come in to a new family, the covenant family of Jesus Christ. And you become part of this great universal family that is represented across the world, but also part of a local family, which is represented here, which is also as much the church of Jesus Christ. And so we have the universal church of Jesus Christ that you are part of. And then we have the local church of Christ that you are part of. Each one is interdependent upon the other. And Paul is saying, what an amazing thing this is. Living united by his grace. What a glorious picture this is, isn't it? What a beautiful family that I belong to. I can go to some village in Africa and step right into a church service and feel completely at home. It may be a lot hotter, 
The music may be a little different, but you know what? They're still talking about the same Jesus. They're still speaking from the same word of God. They're still believing the same things that I believe here in this city. You can go somewhere in Alaska and you can find a church, uh, a, a group of believers that believe what you believe, that believe in Jesus Christ, that he is the only risen savior, that he died for us and forgave us for all our sins. You can go to the southernmost parts of the world and you will find somewhere a group of people huddled together, loving God, loving Jesus. And you can just connect right in with them. Isn't that amazing? Where else in the world can you find a family that you belong to wherever you are? Which is why I say to anybody, whenever they go to any city, great, you're going because your job's taking you there. Maybe you're going because you want to shift there for whatever reason. The first thing you need to do is find a local church that you can become part of. Naomi and I, whenever we have had to move, that's the first thing on our agenda. Before we find a home, we want to find a church. Because let me tell you, when you find a local church, what you find is your purpose your destiny, and the rest of your life. Each of you sitting here know how because you have been part of this local church. In some way, your life is influenced and impacted for the good. Amen? Right? Because that's how God builds it. And so Paul is encouraging. Within the chapters of the book of Ephesians is the discipline and the godly principles needed for us to develop and become mature believers and followers of Jesus Christ. And as we dig deeper, it helps us understand our calling and purposes as followers of Jesus Christ. And he encourages us to live fulfilled lives. I guess the ultimate aim of this letter, a technical word that was used is an epistle, which is the word we use now, book, is to confirm and to equip a maturing church. What was Paul doing? When he wrote this letter, he was thinking about these believers and he was wanting to confirm them and say, you guys are doing a good job. Keep going. But I also want you to mature and I want you to grow. It presents a balanced view of the body of Christ and its importance in God's economy. In the society in 6080, when Paul wrote this letter, and this book of Ephesians is just as relevant to us here in the 21st century sitting right here in this city. And so we've got to discover and must know. Here's one of the things that Paul wants us to remind us as we open up the book of Ephesians. He said God chose to love us. And he says that we are blessed with spiritual blessings in the heavenly realms. Our relationship with Jesus gives us a connect with the heavenly realms like no other relationship can. Now, each one of you have relationships, right? You have friends, you have uncles, you have aunts. How many of you have an uncle who's a little bit influential? Or an auntie that you go to if you need something done? Yeah, if you need something done, you have that uncle or aunt or friend. If I see him and if I have a problem, he can make it happen for me. You know, those connects help us, right? You either have friends or business colleagues or family members uh, that you know that as long as you stay connected to them, you can make things happen. 
You know, you can push a paper through or you can somehow get ahead in some place where there's normally a difficulty. Now, don't we love those connections? Yeah, and don't we brag about those connections? Oh, oh you want to get your, your driving license in two weeks only? Come, I can show you somebody who did it for me in one week. Yeah, and it's all legit. Okay, it's all legit. But, you know, he's got a little bit of influence so he can make it happen for you. And so, you know, you take that person, then you get the job done. You know, oh, you want to open up a new account? Yeah, yeah, come to my bank. They give me a really good service because I've been been there for many years and I've got a lot of lacks in the bank. So if you come and open an account with me, you know, I get a little bit and you get a little bit and we're all happy. Recommend Zomato. Oh, you get extra points and I get extra points and we can all go out for a meal afterwards. You know, these connects all create some vibrancy for us. And don't we long for these connects? Come on, come on. Don't forget the connect we have through Jesus Christ. What does that connection bring for us? It opens up for us a whole realm in the spiritual and heavenly arena. A whole realm that goes beyond our 70, 80, 90 years on this earth. And this realm is what Paul wants us to understand. He said, listen, now that you are in Christ Jesus... He said, blessed be the God of our Lord and Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every, everybody say, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. So every spiritual blessing is where? In Christ. And so if I want every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, I must be connected to Jesus Christ. Out of my relationship with Jesus Christ, I have access to every spiritual blessing in heavenly places because of Jesus Christ. Isn't that amazing? You have been bought with a price and therefore we belong to God and God loves us and wants everything that is good for us. The Bible says that you have been blessed. Do you know what it means to be blessed? Do you know what it means to be blessed? It means to be happy. It means that you've got provision for all that you need. That you can smile. Try smiling everybody. It's a good thing. You use less muscles. They say when you frown you use more muscles. Which is why those who frown end up with more wrinkles. Whereas if you smile more, which explains why the Japanese never have any wrinkles. Because they're always smiling. They're always smiling. They're always smiling. The Nigerians, you never see wrinkles on their face. Because they're always smiling. You see them, they're always big smiles. You know, we've got to smile a lot more. Because when you're blessed, you can smile. Because you've got something to smile about. You might be going through a hard time. You might have financial challenges. You might have health issues. But the Bible says, I am in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. So no matter how big my mess is, my blessing is even Isn't that good? No matter how messed up I might feel, I am more blessed than my mess. Amen. And if we can understand that, is what Paul is trying to say to us. 
in the heavenly realms. The gift of righteousness attributed to us means that we are now positioned in heavenly realms. I'm going to unpack this later in my later message. But Ephesians reveals to us from the get-go, Paul says, that your position is not in the gutter. Your position in life, in, in, in reality, is, is not where you think you are. But your position is in life is where Jesus has you. That you have been placed in Christ, hidden in the Beloved. Because you have been redeemed by Jesus Christ. And so you are placed in heavenly places. You may be physically living here on earth. But who you are as a follower and a believer of Jesus Christ is you live in the heavenly realms. Amen. And you have access to all of those realms. When you understand your position. You can begin to live your life with passion and purpose. Let me say that again. When you understand your position in life, when you understand where you are placed, when you identify, know who you are and know where you come from, when you understand your position and identity, you can begin to live your life with passion and purpose. Displaced people are always distracted. Why are displaced people always distracted? Because they're always looking for their north. They're always looking for that anchor. Where do I belong? Where have I come from? Who do I belong to? Each one of us have that sense of wanting to belong somewhere. I don't know how many of you have ever experienced homelessness. Maybe between moving from one home to another where your landlord has said by next week you need to vacate. And you're thinking, oh my God, where am I going to find a place to live? That little room perhaps that you had, at least it was on Bara, but it was yours. And you knew at the end of the day, you could come back and you had somewhere to lay your head down to rest. A place where we belong, a place where we know that we are loved and accepted. And this is what Paul reminds us about this in the book of Ephesians. He reminds us that we are not displaced. We don't need to find our anchor or a place called home somewhere else. But as followers of Jesus Christ, we have our home in Him. Amen. And our home is in Him in heavenly places. We are seated with Him. It talks about later in, in the book of Ephesians chapter 2. That we are seated with Him in heavenly places. I'll unpack that a little bit later. The riches of your inheritance is more than what we possess in the earthly realm. It is compounded by everything that we have because of our connection with Jesus Christ. Amen. So I want you to understand as Paul wanted us to understand. So here are three things I want you to get hold of. You know, all of you who have insurances or have some kind of... Uh, assurance or insurance that you might have, you have what's called a PPI, which is a payment protection insurance. If you borrowed money as a business or you borrowed from a credit card, they'll often sell you, especially in India, a PPI, a payment protection 
insurance. I'm going to give you your PPI for your life in Jesus Christ. This is what it is. Number one, our place is in Him. We are blessed. Number two, our position is in heavenly places because we are united with Jesus Christ. Now let me unpack this a little bit. The phrase, the Greek word euphornios, meaning the, the sphere of spiritual activity. Paul refers to heavenly places a lot in his writings and particularly in the book of Ephesians. And here he's referring to how we are placed because of our relationship with Jesus Christ in the spirit realm. And he goes on to draw the vision of Jesus Christ to have a united body and that we come together because of our connection to Jesus Christ. And so as we look at this, there is also something that comes out of our relationship with Jesus Christ, and this is our inheritance. It says, furthermore, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God. For he chose us in advance, and he makes everything work out according to his plan. Isn't that interesting? That yes, we are blessed. Yes, we are positioned with Christ in heavenly places. Now, because of our relationship with him, Paul reminds us that we have an inheritance. Now, each one of you are working hard to leave behind some form of an inheritance for the next generation that you are responsible for. Perhaps your parents worked hard to leave an inheritance for you. Now that inheritance is a monetary or an asset of some sort. But this is not what Paul is referring to. He's not referring to a, an inheritance that moth and uh, you know rot can get hold of. But he's referring to an inheritance that's eternal. An inheritance that goes beyond our 90 years on life here on earth. He's talking about our inheritance right now that is available to us, but carries forward into eternity. Amen? Isn't that good? No matter how old or young you are, when you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, thank God for the inheritance your parents might leave you. But let me tell you, that comes to an end at some point. Be grateful for the inheritance that you and I have because of Jesus Christ. Amen. A heavenly inheritance, an eternal inheritance that we have because we have received it. It's not something that you will get. My kids will only get their inheritance after my will has been actualized. Unless I choose to give it to them before. But all this while, I'm working hard to add to the inheritance that I want to leave for them. But here Paul says, we have received an inheritance from God because he chose us in advance. Isn't that good? We already have access to that inheritance. So we know that in our place that we are blessed. We know that in our position that we are in the heavenly places. And we know that God has already given us an inheritance through Jesus Christ. Amen. You're feeling a little bit richer this morning. You know, sometimes we equate our value by what we possess, which is earthly things. 
If I have two cars, I feel really important. Three cars, you know, I feel like a king. Two homes, you know, no home, I feel like a pauper. One home, at least I have a home. Two homes, I'm like karopati, you know. Uh, but, uh, but all that's great. But listen, right now, whether you have no home or five homes, you have an amazing inheritance in Jesus Christ. That has not been given to you because of your ethnic background, your previous uh, experiences and what you did or didn't do. Simply because Jesus loves you. Amen. Simply because you have chosen to follow Jesus Christ. And so your PPI is secure in the faith. Amen. When we put our trust in Jesus Christ. I want to close with this prayer at the end of the book of uh, chapter 1 in the book of Ephesians. And this prayer is so powerful if we could understand it. And this prayer begins from verse 15. He says, Therefore, I also have heard of your faith in the Lord and your love for all the saints. Do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding. I've just lost my life. Being enlightened. That you may know what is the hope of his calling. And you are the what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. I'll just stop there. And I'll conclude in a minute. Whoa, just those, that verse. There's so much there for you and me. Do you see it? Do you see what Paul is telling us about our relationship with Jesus Christ? You see what Paul is saying as the church who we are and how God has placed us? We're not here as a small, insignificant bunch of people on the earth. We may not be a majority living here on earth, but let me tell you, we definitely are not a minority. For greater is he that is in you, the Bible says, than he that is in the world. Amen. And we are influential and powerful because of our relationship with Jesus Christ. Do you see yourself like that? Are you so beaten by life that you've begun to believe what life says to you? Are you going to believe what the word of God says about you? What does the word of God say about you in the book of Ephesians? It says this. May give you. He's saying may Jesus give you the spirit of wisdom. Everybody say spirit of wisdom. And revelation. In the knowledge of him. And that the eyes of my understanding. May be enlightened. And that I may know. What is the hope of his calling. In the saints. And the riches of his glory in his inheritance. 
And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe? Do you believe in Jesus Christ? Then there is an exceeding great power that is available for you. The power to live your life with purpose. Power to live your life with influence. Power to overcome. Power to push through in the most difficult of circumstances. The power to be great wherever God has placed you and positioned you. Because Christ is in you. Because you are connected to Jesus Christ. Because you are part of the body of Christ. It talks about the inheritance that we have because we are part of the body of Christ. You check in on your inheritance when you become part of the body of Christ. You check out of your inheritance when you isolate yourself from the body of Christ. Amen. You've got to get into the word. Amen. So God calls us to love his word. But God also calls us to love his church. Amen. And his church is you and me. Imperfect people perfected by the grace of God. Made righteous by the goodness of God. Living our lives under the sanctification of his Holy Spirit. Aiming to be Christ-like. That is his church. And the Bible reminds us that Jesus is coming back. For a bride without blemish and a bride without any stain. He's coming back to take us to heaven. And you and I are part of that bride. The body of Christ here on earth. And which is why in as much as you love Jesus. If you love Jesus, you will love his word. If you love Jesus, you will love his church. And if you love his church, you will love the lost. Amen. And so I want to ask you the question, in your relationship with Jesus, in your connection with God, if you truly love Jesus, do you really love his word? If you really love his word, do you understand the importance the body of Christ is for you? Because Jesus gave his life to redeem his bride. And you are that bride that he gave his life for. And if you love the church, then the church's primary role here is to reach out to the lost. Amen. As we unpack the book of Ephesians, understand the power to which you are called to do. Now let me close with this. His power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And lastly, and he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. You see, we begin with Jesus loving each one of us and knowing that we are blessed. And that chapter ends with bringing us all together with Jesus being the head of his church. Amen.
Are you encouraged by what you have learned from the book of Ephesians this morning? Will you go this week and live your life with confidence, knowing that God loves you, knowing that you are placed in a great place, in a heavenly position with Jesus Christ, that you have access to the power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, that great power dwells within you, His Holy Spirit. And so when you live your life every day, you don't live it like a lukha. You don't live it like a guy on half a roti and a cutting chai. But you live it because you are full of the goodness and the greatness and the glory of God. And every day when you wake up and you drag yourself out of bed, you put your feelings in check with who you really are and say, I'm feeling like half a roti, but in Jesus Christ. I am full. Amen. I'm feeling like a pauper, but in Jesus Christ, I have access to everything. I can check in on my inheritance right now. Amen. When you go to the bank and you look at your ATM balance and you think, mm -mm, nothing to withdraw. That's okay. I have access to every good thing in heaven. And I am going to make my withdrawal in faith from heaven. Amen. Because when we begin to live our lives like that, these momentary years in life don't really matter. And we're living like Paul was trying to tell that church to live. And he's telling us today through the book of Ephesians to live that same way. Will you do it this week? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the promise that we have in you. Lord, we thank you for calling us, for redeeming us, for purposing us for greatness. Each one of us here, Lord, is purposed for greatness. And I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that we would step out in faith and live our lives boldly and with confidence. No matter